pray. Amen. You have not sounded it very well. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We may be seated, please. Let's be seated, please. Amen. Ah, each time I'm coming to Bible study, I'm always happy. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Says, my feet shall stand within his gates. Oh, Jerusalem. So my heart is always stirred with joy. Time I'm coming to Bible study, I don't know about you. Do you feel the same? Or you feel tired? Or you don't want to come at all? Or any of the above? The Lord will grant us more grace. Charlie, when, when it comes to doing the things of God. In Jesus' name. So how many of you want to contribute tonight? Yes. Contributions tonight. Yes, Pastor. Any other person contribution? Sue, yeah. Any contribution? Any contributions? I feel it. Okay, three. Okay. So let what's what uh, did we study? Do you know a lot of activities as as fifty four. So we are deliberating on that tonight before we go to fifty five. Amen. Pastor Debbie, we need a microphone for Pastor Debbie, please. Isaiah 54. Let me just open my scriptures. So, Isaiah 54. Was about sorry about this. Was the future glory of Zion, which is the future glory of the church, and we are the church of God. We are the bride of Christ. So Isaiah 54 started by telling us to sing, O Barrel, thou that does not bear forth or bring forth fruits. And he said, we should cry aloud, we who do not travail with child. And here we learn about this. This signifies the unfruitful state of the church. And he talks about the desolate ones. That, yeah. He talks about the desolate ones that will, be called, that, that will rejoice while the married ones will why the married ones will remain desolate. And in verse 2, it talks about the enlargement of the place of our tent. And there we learn about the fact that we should not limit God. Many, many times we place a limit on God, but the God that we serve is limitless. God wants us to believe Him for greater things. So as children of God, we should know the God that we serve, that we serve a very big God, and we should, not, we should enlarge the capacity of our heart to believe God for greater things. Amen. Move it more, move it more, yeah. That's why. 
Praise the Lord. Um, my um, contribution will come from verse 3 um, to verse 4. And my emphasis is on verse 4 that says, um, Do not be afraid, you will not suffer shame. Do not f- um, fear disgrace, you will not be humiliated. You will, not, you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reapproach of your widowhood. So here God is just um, encouraging if there is anyone that is afraid to do something, because in that verse 3, it says, you will spread out to the right and to the left. And you say, your descendants will dispose the nation and settle in their desolated city. So if there are things that we want to do, we should not be afraid. You say that you will not suffer shame. So if there is area in our life that we thought there is a shame that we are going to suffer, the Lord says we will not suffer. And the word of God also says, you say, do not fear disgrace because the word of god said when we put our trust in the lord he said that we will not be um, afraid so he said do not be afraid and you do not fear disgrace you will not be humiliated you will forget the shame of your youth so if there's things that we have done before the lord said we will forget those things so let's trust in the lord and we enlarge us in jesus name Praise God, I will be contributing on verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. This scripture is a continuation of what our sister just said from the top, actually from verse 1. And it's talking, it can be taken literally, it has two meanings, literally, whatever represent mountains in your life. And mountains can be two things. Mountains can be something you trust in for your support. And it can also be an obstacle. Above all, whether you take it to be a support or um, an obstacle or a burden, the Lord is saying that he's greater than this. And he's able that no matter if your support is not there, if the hills that you've seen, if they be removed, the unfailing love will not be shaken. It stands firm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let me start from uh, where our sister stopped. Mountain around Jerusalem symbolizes God's protection over his people. I want you to mark that. Well, some of us that travel to Israel, the mountains all around signifies God's protection over his people. God protects his people everywhere. So he says in that verse, says, um, though the mountain be shaken and the hills removed, those things that have covered us in various ways, though we begin to find problems, in the area of our lives. God said, as mountains surround Jerusalem, the mountain of God surrounds us to protect us in Jesus' name. Amen. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. And that's why God makes it clearer. God's unfailing love for us, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. God has compassion on us. God has surrounded, the mountain symbolizes God's protection. Whatever might be happening to us, whatever might be shaking around us, 
God said, is always there. And he talks about his unfailing love, which is one of the main things in, the, in, the, in, in this chapter. He said, yet, I want you to underline it. Though the mountain be shaken, though things might be not well in our lives, though things might be moving in another version in our lives, and it seems we are left on our own, God said, my protection concerning you will never be shaken. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Let's begin to stand on the love of God. No, my covenant of peace is removed. Before that scripture, he mentioned the covenant that he has with uh, uh, Noah. In that Genesis chapter 9, verse 8 to 17. Let somebody read it for me. That is the covenant that he has with Noah. And in this book of Isaiah, he talks about his covenant of peace. May, the covenant of, may God's covenant of peace rest upon us. Because when God's covenant of peace rests upon you, there is nothing that can shake around you. You just know that you are protected. So let's just hold on to that. You want to mark it when you leave this place tonight. You want to thank God for his covenant of peace. And he said, uh, he make reference to Noah. Before that, he said, verse 9, To me, this is like the days of Noah. You know, when he, began, when he started to talk from uh, verse 7, he said, for a brief moment, I abandoned you. But with deep compassion, I will bring you back. Why will God abandon his people? Because of sin. So God, for a deep moment, his eyes, I was trying to explain something to somebody that was coming up with me to tonight. We do things sometimes that the eyes of God will shift away from us. But God says something here. He says, for a brief moment, I abandon you. Maybe because of your attitude, because of your lifestyle, because of the way of life, that terrible way of life that you have decided to live. God just leave you alone. Because you have started to do those things that Satan is now coming against you that, is this your child? If this is your child, how come he's behaving like this? How come he's full of deception? How come his attitude? How come? Things, these are not the things that expected of you. You know, God honors his word more than his name. Then he takes his eyes away. And then you feel abandoned. Even though he has said that his, his protection is for us, isn't it? But he's not uh, trying to tell us. He, say, he say, says here, he said, For a brief moment, I abandoned you. But with deep compassion, I will bring you back. Amen. For adventure, there are people that have uh, thought maybe God has abandoned them, but you know that you have been abandoned. Things are not working well for you as, you, as they ought to work well for you. God said it's going to be for a brief moment so that you can repent, so that you can come back to your senses. He said about the prodigal son, he said when he came back to his senses, that was the time that he said, ah, ah, why am I here? How come I'm eating with pigs? Paradventure, you have found yourself in the company of people that you are not supposed to be. You'll be abandoned. And But God continued to see it because God is not happy. How many parents will abandon their children? So if you cannot abandon your children, you can uh, 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 be, be unhappy with them for a while, but you will not bring them back to you. And the same thing with God. He said, though I will abandon you for a few moments, but with deep compassion, I will bring you back. But adventure, there are people that need the compassion of God, even in our midst, in our church, that we, God, God will bring them back to himself in Jesus' name. 
Say, but with deep compassion, God is compassionate and is faithful. Say, I will bring you back. In a sort of anger, I hide my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I want you to write that word down. Circle the word kindness. With everlasting, not just ordinary kindness. God says, with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. God is our Redeemer. And He will always have compassion on us. Always know that He's our Redeemer. Amen. Say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's Psalm 107. Why should the redeemed of the Lord say so? Why should the redeemed of the Lord go and tell people, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, praise the Lord. Because God is the redeemer. He's the one that has redeemed us from the kingdom of darkness into his wonderful kingdom of light. And in the past uh, chapter, chapter 53, we have read about how he was crucified because of us. How he paid the price for you and me. And because of that, he will never leave us, nor forsake us, or leave us for the enemy to deal with us anyhow. He said, to this, it's like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah will never again cover the earth. What causes that time of Noah? It was the sin of the people. It was the sin of the people that made God not to be happy with them. And a lot of them were perished, opportunities were granted them, opportunities were given to them, so that they can all be partaker of people that will come into the ark. But it's a pity that not everybody came into the ark. Look at how God is calling us to pray, so that we can be protected. Amen. Calling us to pray, it's time to pray. A lot of people take themselves out of this grace of God. No, they won't come for prayer. They won't pray at home. They can glue to television and be watching television 24-7. That's what they, but when it's come for prayer, join together with people. That is not, I don't know, there, there are some people that are meant for that. Someone can take God's profet, uh, protection away from their lives. God has rules and regulations. This is what you should do. Don't do this. Dress this way. Don't dress that way. But people decide, this is the way I want to dress as far as I'm concerned. God is only the heart that he sees. You will be dealt with disobedience was one of the things that did not let the people enter the ark of God during the time of Noah. And as I refer to that time, so let's see what happened in the time of... He said to me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never cover the earth. So I have sworn not to be angry with you. Amen? Amen. Never to rebuke you again. May that be a portion in the name of Jesus. May God's protection be upon our life and not be angry with us forevermore. Now, let's see the covenant that he made with Noah. In that Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 to 17. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the house of you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of the flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, and God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you, and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. 
I have set my rainbows in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth, and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you, and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the cloud, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I've established between me and all life on earth. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Amen. God is reassuring us again here that what happened in the time of Noah will never. And from the beginning of that verse, he, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, of the verse, said, then God said to Noah and to his sons, the covenant is not only for Noah, it's also for the generation. Amen? Amen. And for his sons. With him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Our adventure, we are thinking we are alone. God made a covenant with you. It's for generations to come. That's why we must make sure that we keep on getting established in God and making our own people as well to get established in God. There's a covenant for Christ's tabernacle. Maybe some of us don't know. If God established this covenant for Christ's tabernacle, because we are in this church, we are part of the covenant. But how can you take yourself out of the covenant? It's where you begin to reflect when everybody's heart is one, and then you have your own is there. You understand what I'm saying? Then you'll be shifting from that covenant. May God help us so that we can, we, we can be partaker of what God is saying to us as a church. He says, I now establish. God is not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that will change his mind. He said, I now. That is what he's doing. And he has done it. Amen. And he says here, he says, this is a sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you. And every living creature with you. A covenant of all generations. I want you to underline it. The covenant for Christ's tabernacle is for all the generations that comes from this church. That's why you cannot afford to take yourself out of this covenant. Once you take yourself out of this covenant, you are the one to lose. God has nothing to lose. That's why I feel so sorry sometimes. People will be bath in the church. Well, those children that were given battle in this church. You know, there's an adage in those days when we go to CAC church. People like my husband, they said they came with head. We came with our foot. Amen. You know, those ones that came with head is there. You understand what I'm saying? And some people will give that to children in a covenant church like this. And then you now take your children out of the church. Ah, that's why they will never be said to. But we have to pray. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We have to pray and make sure this covenant is not only for you. It's for your children. Your children's children. Even when if any child decides and says that, no, that's my mommy's uh, church. This and that. It's normal. You will not be partaker of those things that God is talking about. God is a covenant uh, keeping God. And there is a word that I want us to note there. He said, never again. Never again. I want you to underline that never again. He said, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the water become a flood to destroy all life. In those days, nobody was fed. Whenever the rainbow appears, 
and the clouds, I will set it and remember the everlasting covenant. Today, we are partaker of seeing rainbows. Amen. That means God is confirming his covenant. When we see, don't take it carelessly. Just thank God that is fulfilling his covenant. It's a covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on earth. So God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on earth. God, and here, as I started writing about this same covenant, he made a reference to this covenant as he continued to write in his own book. And here, he made reference to me, this is like. That shows that Isaiah is a man of the word. So that we'll be able to know that this covenant of peace, you know, the other covenant is that God is not going to destroy anything again. And in this covenant that Isaiah was talking about, he's talking about the covenant of peace that would never be removed. Are we having disturbed mind? I, I guess why we should have it. Because God has established through the mouth of his prophet that is giving us a covenant of what? Peace. As long as we are faithful in God, we continue to enjoy this covenant of peace. He says, though the mountain be shaken, in the midst of terrible situation, God's covenant of peace enables us to be protected. Amen? Amen. And the hills be removed. God's covenant of peace Enable us to be protected. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. You know, we, we, we read this all the time. We pray it all the time. I don't know whether it has meaning to us, but tonight we are going to know. It's going to confirm another meaning in our lives. He said, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord. Who has compassion? God, part of God's covenant of peace is the compassion. That he has on us. Afflicted city. Lashed by the storm. And not comforted. I will rebuild you. Hallelujah. The purpose of these precious things. That God is about to mention here. Of this precious stone. Is just to let us us know that. God will rebuild us. As we continue to be faithful. So that we can reflect him. And that is what he's talking about. He said. Affliction city. Lashed by storm. And not comforted. Maybe you'll find yourself as this city that he's talking about. He said, but look, because of my covenant of peace, and because of my compassion, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise. Your foundation will, with lapis, lazuli. These are stones. You know, we talk about diamante. Amen. When we put them on our clothes, what happened? They, 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 they glitters. And God said, this is how he's going to clothe you with precious stones so that you can be reflecting him. Hallelujah. May we be clothed with precious stones in the name of Jesus. When God clothes us with precious stones, as the stones reflect on our clothes, that people admire it. People will admire you. They will see God's glory in your life. He said, I will clothe you. I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise. That is, I will rebuild you so that you can reflect me. With all these precious stones, they are not seen, but they are seen in God's glory in your life. People look at you, ah, you look different. Is God reflecting himself? Hallelujah. As long as you are under this covenant of peace, he's had compassion on us, and we can reflect him. The purpose of this stone is for us to reflect him. He said he's going to rebuild us 
You know, when you build a house, you build pillar. If these pillars are not there, they will not reflect this arcade. You know, I call these little places arcade. You know, they will not reflect this arcade. Look at that mirror there. The way it's designed and everything. That's, and they, they put little golden things around it. And the, the ones that we are, when you look at the pillar, you are just, but when you see those golden things, then you can see how even man has used these golden things to make the pillar look beautiful. Look at the mirror. All these trays of red, the candles stand there, all these little, little things, all these flowered something there. That's how God is saying he's going to mold us and put all these things to decorate us so that we can reflect him as long as we are under his covenant of peace. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he will take, uh, 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 change his mind. Amen. So look at what he said to us. From that verse 2, I said, he will not only clothe us with uh, uh, precious stones. He said, I will make your battlement, I will make your battlement of rubies. Your gate of sparkling jewels. Amen. Everything all around us is going to be well decorated. So that people can see God in us and they'll be attracted by the glory of God. He said, and all your walls of precious stones. That is our body. Hallelujah. That's why you don't need to, to bleach your body. You don't need to. You only use nice moisturizer and everything. And if you are dark, you are going to be dark and lovely. Hallelujah. If you are green, you are going to be green and lovely. If you are yellow, you are going to be yellow and lovely. Hallelujah. We don't need to do all these things and making ourselves. Because God himself is the one building us. He's going to build our gates. He's going to make us beautiful. Our mouth will be beautiful. They will come with great news. Hallelujah. Because when he clothed our gates, gates, mouth is a type of gate. Amen. Even the other gate will be made beautiful. Amen. We won't have all these colon things that happen to them because the gate is made beautiful. Your intestines are also made beautiful. The body is also made beautiful. So that our body will be refreshed. When you go for blood test, your, your blood will be just very pure and very beautiful. May that be us in the name of Jesus. He said, your gates are sparkling jewels and all your walls of precious stones. Your world, that is your body. Hallelujah. Your body will be shining. It's not the cream alone. Amen. You'll be shining. You'll be reflecting God like never before. But you have to be, you have to be neat. Amen. You have to make sure that you do your cleansing very well. Amen. You have to make sure that you brush your teeth. Because if you don't brush your teeth and say, God said, I'm going to make your gate beautiful, your mouth. When you who's like this, ah, people run away. So we also have work to do. God is compassionate. Hallelujah. Don't say, Mommy Oma said, ah, the body is going to, but you have to look after it. Amen. Your gates are sparkling jewels. Listen, there is another privilege that he gave to us. God promised us great things. Hallelujah. And he said, all your children will be taught from the Lord. I wonder how many of us take this, you know. All our children will be taught by the Lord. And great will be their peace. Because the Prince of Peace is upon us. These are God's promises. When we are faithful to him. God said, personally, I'm going to teach your children. You know, sometimes you are teaching your children and it seems it's not working well. You know, but when God teaches your children, it will work well. Hallelujah. Those things that you cannot do in your children, leave it to God. Then God will do it. He said, look, 
I'm not only going to beautify you. I'm not going to de- only decorate you. Ah, uh-uh, is a generation thing. From generation to generation, they keep on speaking about you that this is how God has molded the life of this person. And this is the person that we are looking at. You leave a legacy of peace because the prince of peace is the one that is ruling your life. So he said, I will make your, uh, all your children will be taught by the Lord. What a privilege. God said, even now that I'm teaching, it's God that is teaching you and even teaching me. Because he said he will teach us by himself. And I'm ready for his teaching. And he said, in righteousness, you will be established. Because you have the peace of God, you'll be able to live a righteous life. So God himself will be able to establish you. Tyranny will be far from you. Sometimes I say tyranny will be far, but you are, you are doing wrong things that make tyranny very close to you. So when we, we use the word of God, let's use it properly. You have nothing to fear. God said he will continue to bless us, we continue to shape in our life that we will not have anything to fear. He said, terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. Look at the promises of God. When we are faithful and obedient and under the rulership of the Lord. Under his peace. See, I will make my peace. My covenant of peace. When we are under his covenant of peace, then things will work out for us. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. You know, we pray this prayer, but as you pray this prayer, you must know that you are under the covenant of peace. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Anyone that is under the covenant of peace of God, you don't go and fight battle with Satan. You don't walk with the devil because you know that you are under the covenant of peace of the Lord. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. When you are under the covenant of peace of the Lord, these are the things that begin to happen to us. You'll be reflecting Him on a the, on the regular basis. Things will be happening in your life. He says, see, it is I who created the blacksmith. Who finds the coal into fire? I remember in those days that my mom, you know, we don't use just all this type of gold that fade away. Goldsmith. And I remember that thing when we asked us to go and collect. Ah, boom, 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 boom. You know, but God said, look, I'm the one that gave the black meat the grace to put that thing to, to catch fire well so that it can make a pure gold. See, it is how I created the blacksmith. That is, God's hand is upon the blacksmith and his equipment. Hallelujah. So if God can bring this for us as an example, the blacksmith and his equipment, that's how I could be able to use that. He's the one that gave the blacksmith the grace. He's the one that gave the blacksmith the wisdom. He's the one that gave the blacksmith the understanding. God can give you, when you're under his covenant of peace, you also, like the blacksmith that is bringing, making things work well, you will make things work well in your life. He says he's the one that gave the blacksmith grace to work on his equipment and forge a weapon fit for his work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon forged against you will prevail when you are under the covenant of peace. That's when no weapon. But when you are outside the covenant of peace, you are doing things that are wrong, the weapon will prevail over you. May that not be a portion. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. 
This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me. And here, you can see from that uh, chapter 53, God has paid the price. You don't need to live in sin anymore. But you know the life of the children of Israel, they live in sin today. Today they are faithful, another time they are not faithful. And because of that, they live terrible and unfruitful life. But for the love of God, which is the, what we are studying from that 54 verse 8, but for the compassion, but for his covenant of peace, but for his love, God is granting them a future glory. Hallelujah. And he said the barren woman should sing. Burst out into singing. And that is where we have come to the... He says, sing, barren woman. Why should a barren woman sing? You know when one is barren. That is somebody is unfruitful. There are a lot of Christians that are unfruitful. We are doing Bible study. We are doing everything. They don't have everything in their head. They don't go back home to, to study the word. The man of God is preaching. his intestine out. They won't go back home. They sleepless night. He has to do this announcement for every Sunday. How many people read that announcement? He doesn't sleep. He had other assignments. He doesn't sleep. But because of, of our unfruitfulness, we seldom or sometimes go into exile. And God said he has compassion on us. So he's telling those that are unfruitful. He says, sing barren woman. You who never bore a child. We have the grace to win more souls to the kingdom. Hallelujah. But because of unfruitfulness, there is no way we can excel in this area. I don't know what to tell them. Just carry leaflets. No, 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 no. You need to follow it up properly. Amen. It takes those that are unfruitful to just carry leaflets and be given to people without explaining it to them. The woman at the well, when he met with Jesus, what happened? He kept on testifying the story of their life. How many of us go to testify about the story of our lives to people when we are going to evangelize? So this causes unfruitfulness. There is not enough in us to give out to the people. And he said, Israel that has been unfruitful, they should now sing. He says, sing, barren woman. That is Israel that has oh, been unfruitful. You who never bore a child, you never win souls to the Lord. Begin to sing now. As this Saturday is coming, you begin to win soul. Because you're under the covenant of peace of God. You, have been now, you are now living a faithful life. So you sing. He said, burst into song. Shout for joy. You were never in labor. You know, you know it, takes, it takes labor to give back to a child. It takes you to pray. Not because they ask you to gather for evangelism on, the, on Saturday. That everybody's just running. I can't sleep. I didn't get enough sleep. They're running, running, running. You have not labored in the night. You have not prayed for the soul. You have not identified where you are going. It's only the grace of God that makes the soul to come to church. You all know how the apostle led us in those days. We come to church. We pray our intestine out. I remember those of us with a push chair. Our children are on the push chair. We come with the push chair. Today, people are using the gift of God. To come against God. Uh, even husbands that are supposed to be coming. They are not coming. They don't come. They use the gift of God. Uh, the child. Uh, I need to stay with my wife because I need to. No, 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 no. That's not what God is saying. You continue to be unfruitful. But when you, you go out for the Lord. 
when you begin to bear children, when you are fruitful and begin to bear children for the Lord, you who were never in labor, those of you that just go out to evangelize, you have never gone through it and said, God, give me a soul today. Look at wrestling Jacob. He wrestled until he got something from that angel. Say, you that have never labored, you that don't don't even know how to pray as you go for evangelism. He said, you too should sing for joy because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. In this one of these one of these verses, he said that God is the husband man. Amen. But adventure lives have been desolate. We cannot win soul. We cannot labor. We just think things is microwave. You know our system, microwave system. Just put it there, potato is big, put it there, things are happening. Apostles as ministers just uh, carry the empty head, even though you don't understand. You are not, you know, carry the empty head and then you are saying you are doing evangelism. And are, no, 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 that's not what we are saying. You must go there full of energy. And he said, look, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your curtain wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cord. It's making, you know, in those days they built tents. Now you don't have to, you have to, as it has, as really explain it, we must not limit God in anything that we are doing. We must not limit God. In those days, their tent can be. So that when more people are coming, they are building more tents to, 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 to take them in. May God give us a large heart. Say, so lending your cord, for you will spread out to the right and the left. I believe God is telling us, get ready for the souls that are coming into Christ's tabernacle. Every Sunday we come here, there are some empty chairs. I don't know how many people have really gone extra mile to touch those chairs. No, it's a person that is the leader to be doing that. No, no, no. It's everybody's business. Amen. Let's stretch out your faith. Let your faith begin to see. He said the list of us, I don't know, we'll be reading, we'll be reading it shortly, that Isaiah 60. He said the list of us will be a thousand. He said the, the smallest, a mighty nation. Thank God that the list of this church is more than one thousand. Because we have prayed it before you came. I wonder how many people are seeing. So you must let your faith be big. Eyes of faith. Eyes of faith. Begin to see those things that look impossible. That they are possible. Amen. For you will spread out to the right and to the and to the left. Can I have water, please? Your descendants will dispossess nations <coughs> and settle in their desolate cities. Your descendants. You know, he has already told us to enlarge, to strengthen our pegs, and now he's promising our descendants. I wonder how many people remember to pray for their descendants. One day we will go. And when we go, it's our descendant that will continue this work. How many of us have only been praying for me, 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 me attitude? My, me and my daughter, me and my son, me and my wife. How many of you have prayed for the generation to come? We see the Queen of England there. Before her generation, there had been generation and generation and generation. I remember the Queen Mother in those days. We see on the... But you know that because... The queen has been trained. Now he's having more grandchildren. They are also trained. 
Everybody knows their position. Nobody is doing anything anyhow. Everybody knows that this is the next thing to do. And they are showing them. Apostle is such a wonderful man of God. He showed us everything. Not all ministers will dispose it to you. They won't show you the Bible. They won't teach you the Bible as well to know it. They will just come and tell you jokes. God will do it for you. You will have it. You know, cockroach type of pastors. To just hide in the cupboard and reflect that, uh, you know. That's not what we are talking about. He showed us the scripture, like I'm teaching us the scripture. When we leave this place tonight, we must have that mindset, like Apostle used to say, to enlarge our tents. He said, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendant will dispossess nations. Your descendant. I want you to underline that scripture. So that when next you go back to this scripture, you know that the scripture says, your descendant. He didn't say only you. People after you, they will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I remember in those days, when apostles is going out and everything, I said, God didn't tell us, may you not be such person. Amen. I could not see. My eyes could not see. I, I could not. The tent. I was just in one tent. But Apostle could see the tent. Where God is said that we should go. When he will come and say, I said, no. God sent you to London. Is that not what you said? May you not be such a person to, 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 to discourage. I know this scripture, but I did not have understanding. May you have understanding of what the scripture is saying tonight in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I say that we have work to do here, we have work to do there, mission work here. Look, today we are in India. How we got to India, we don't know. And the man of God has prepared us for this before this time. It only takes people that have really enlarged their time to be able to use their money to support the work of ministry. That's what I'm saying. And I me, mean, I don't have money. God knows I don't have money. No, there's nothing too small. You must have that big heart of faith now, and your eyes must be open. To begin to see. Because the Bible talks about things that eyes have not seen. Things that ears have not heard. He's not only cathedral. Amen. If the man of God has not enlarged his tent, we will not be here. We will still be choked in new cross. But you could see. And this is not where God is telling us to rest. There is another big place that God is prepared for this church. Amen. We are where we have retreat. Instead of going to higher hotel, we have our retreat there. Jesus, it is in London here. Amen. So let our eyes be open and you'll be praying, Lord, help me, encourage me, my faith, so that I can believe. And then you, because if you don't believe, you can't pray about it. Do you understand? Then there are some fear that comes upon us when you are talking about vision. This vision is so big. And where will we get the money? Look at Jesus, it is. But I, I, I decree tonight that it will be built in our own lifetime. Amen. None of us will die. Amen. We will all go to Jesus City. Amen. We will celebrate there. The, all the hospitals, the big, big towers and everything, the helicopter uh, landing space that we source in West Africa, it will be in our lifetime. Amen. In the name of Jesus. He said, do not be afraid because sometimes the vision can make you to be afraid. Eh? What's the apostle talking about? Ah, me, I don't think that uh, that Jesus city can be built. Then you are not uh, strengthening your, your peg at all, enlarging your territory. Fear of visions shakes you. But here, as I is encouraging us, said, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. 
do not fear, do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. And remember, uh, uh, you will forget the shame of your youth. And remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. Hallelujah. The Lord Almighty is his name. When the Almighty God is leading us, there is no way we can have fear. Because we are under his covenant of peace. The only one of Israel is your redeemer. Look at all his name there. He's called the God of all the earth. In one of the scriptures he's asked, he said, I'm the God of all the earth. Is there anything too difficult for me? Amen. I better get it out for me, darling. He's called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young, only to be rejected, says the Lord. For a brief moment, I abandoned you, but with deep compassion, I will bring you back in the name of Jesus. Could that be a portion in Jesus' name? I rest my case with that uh, 54 because I was not here to really teach you as well. But let me just put this in my notes. I'll put a little bit of note here. The future glory of Zion, a perpetual covenant of peace. Isaiah 54 is known for the future glory. Isaiah 55 also is known for that. That is God making provision for his people, his covenant of people, uh, peace upon his people. Israel has been unfruitful in many ways. That's why he was speaking to them in parables here. And they have been unfaithful in many ways and left desolate because of their sins. It will not be like that in Jesus' name. By hearing this, we cannot live an unfruitful life. Neither should we be, our lives be desolate because of sins. But because of God's love towards them, he will change their situation and allow them to have many children and change their mourning into singing. That's why they will forget their widowhood. You know, when somebody doesn't have a husband, he becomes a widow, isn't he? So God wants to be the husband man, but with, with our character, with our nature, with our lifestyle, we drive away God from us. And this was what was happening to the children of Israel. But God said, God promised a great future for them, for Jerusalem and its inhabitants, in Isaiah 54 and 55. We can also claim this for ourselves. Isaiah uses the picture of a woman to refer to Jerusalem and its inhabitants. He likened her to be a barren woman. To be barren means to be childless or unfruitful. The redeemed Israel is compared to be or likened to an unfaithful wife who will be restored to her husband, the Lord. And he calls him the Redeemer as well in that scripture. Israel found herself in an unfaithful state, which has been like a childless woman. But God will permit her to have many children and will change her mourning into singing. Israel found herself in this state because of her sins, which I've mentioned. But God promised a better future for her because of his uh, covenant of peace. And one of the promises is from that verse 12 to the end. Uh, from that verse 11, I will rebuild you. These are part of the covenant. And uh, we protect, uh, we personally teach our children 
said it will be taught from above. Because sometimes we quote these scriptures, we don't know what is behind it. When God said he's going to teach your child, <laughs> you better release that child to God. That's why you cannot afford to keep your children at home and then you are coming to church. If you are going to church, if they have homework, let them do their homework. Yes, but when you get back home, what you have studied in church, because this is the way I do it in those days. I've gone through it the way you are going through it now. In our own case, we carry them on a push chair in the cold. Those of us that have been here from the beginning, I, I pray that you will, you will learn from us. When you begin to read that our children are director, things are happening, it's because of the sacrifice that you have given. You tie your children at home, you will tie down with them at home. They will not have delay in moving forward. God has promises for our children, but we must bring them to God. We must not drive them away like the disciples. Right from the womb, when you get pregnant, bring them here. We are talking about this scripture, you put your hand on your pregnancy. That is the way I did it. And it worked well for me. Amen. Say, tyranny will be far from us. We have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. If you want tyranny, if you want terror to be far removed, that you have nothing to fear, then be in God. Make sure that you are not far away from God. He said, they will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will what? Surrender to you. And began to talk on and on. No weapon forged against us will prosper. Let's take all this in hand. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me. May God vindicate us. In Jesus' name. When it gets to that Isaiah 55 again, guess what he was talking about? Before that 55, Isaiah 54 verse 8, as you to mark it, God promised to continue to love his people, even in their troubles. And in that Isaiah 54, he said, The Lord will show an everlasting kindness and mercy to his people. May it come to pass in our lives. In Jesus' name. Look at the invitation again. He's inviting the thirsty. He said, I have abundant life. He said, what the devil have in stock for you is to kill, to steal, and to destroy you. That's John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, but I have life, and life unlimited. Life in abundance. Amen. You can put that scripture there. So now in this same Isaiah 55, it's an invitation to anyone that is thirsty. One of the reasons why we are here tonight is because we are under that invitation. That God has abundance to give us in this meeting tonight. That's why we are here and that's why we are receiving it. And may it remain with us in Jesus' name forever. He said, come, all you are thirsty. Invitation to come and eat and drink from the Lord. Come to the waters. Come to the waters. The word of God can be the waters tonight. They come. Listen to the word of God. Come to the waters because water play an essential, essential thing in our lives. What did I ask for now when I was even thirsty? I didn't know that I'm going to go there. And my throat is almost, you know, I didn't know I can go on. You know, we need water to quench the thirst. He said, come. He's the river of life. Amen. He's the one that quenches our thirst. 
What are you thirsty of tonight? God is saying that I have it in abundance. Is it work that you are trusting God for? God said I have it in abundance. Is it a promotion? God said I have it in abundance. Only you need to come to this invitation. Say, come, all you are thirsty. You need to thirst for something before God can feel the thirst. Come to the waters. Psalm 46 talks about him there. Uh, uh, Psalm 46 talks about Jesus, the river of life. He said, come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. God is giving us freely all these things that we need. Without money. Look at the wine and milk that we buy. They finish, isn't it? When you go to the shop, you buy everything that you buy. By the time you know it is finished. But Jesus' soul doesn't finish. Holy Spirit is always there. Continuously. We don't need money to buy the Holy Spirit. Look at the people that want to buy the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. What happened? He said their money perished with them. Amen. So look, God said, everything that I have. Water is a basic necessity of life. So Jesus is that thing that we need all the time. We need Jesus every minute, every, every second. We must thirst of him. We must think of him. We must talk of him. We must, it's, it's something that needs to be in our life continuously. And he's inviting us. I say, look, without me, Jesus even said, without God I can do nothing. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. So we need him every minute, every moment. And he's giving us an invitation of abundant life. He said, come, test of me. Let me quickly, because something, I, I think my mind is talking about this um, 46. Let me quickly go there. There is something, maybe I've read it, but it just came to my mind now. I think Psalm 46. I don't know which part God is referencing me to read tonight but I just keep on I, I try to shy away from it but the more I'm shying away from it, the more God is reminding me Psalm 46 what does it say in that Psalm? Yeah? God is what? an ever present hell therefore we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountain fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountain quake with their surging. There is what? I think this is the verse 4. It said, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Is Jesus the river of God that flows through us? Amen. And God inspired the songwriter and said, I've got the river of God flowing out of me. He makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison door, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Keep on, oh well. Fire, you are not here tonight. My soul, oh well. And make me whole. God, oh well. this life abundantly. is a river of life. He said there is, though the earthquakes, I will read it here tonight as well. He said there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the most I dwell. 
God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar like what is happening here in our nation today and in many nations today. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth does what? The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Hallelujah. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. But keep that verse 4. He said, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And this same river, he says, look, the waters are everywhere. Pump. I have it in abundance. When you buy the food of this world, they decay, they spoil. And you lose your money. But with mine, you don't need any money to buy it. Come and buy wine and milk. That is the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit, it's going to bring a time of refreshing. What does milk do? Milk refreshes you. Amen. Because God has abundance and is calling you to come and enjoy life with him. He said, there's going to be a time of refreshing. The Holy Spirit is going to move. You don't need money to buy the Holy Spirit. He said, without money and without cost. He's giving us all these things free of charge. I wonder. That's the reason why I, a lot of people, because God is not asking us. If people don't breathe breath here, fresh air, breathing here, and they have oxygen, and they know that it's only when you come to church that you can get freedom. People will line up here today. Do you understand what I'm saying? But they know. Why are they in the hospital? Because they know that it's only in the hospital that doctor can prescribe for you that you need oxygen. If not, some people will just stay in the house and they will die like that. And that is what is happening to the, to, to the church of God today. There is oxygen. And he said, come, take my oxygen free of charge. Come, take water free of charge. Hallelujah. May we not take the grace of God upon our lives for granted. He said, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fear. Give here and come to me. May our ears be open to hear God when he's calling us. He said, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Hallelujah. He's talking about the same thing, the everlasting covenant of peace. Then we have compassion on us. I say this God is not a man that he will lie tonight. Let us let him just try to tell us this. An everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler of the commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations. You know not. A nation you do not know will come running to you. Hallelujah. He is declaring his favor upon us here tonight. I wonder how many of us are receiving this. God's favor is upon our lives. We will find favor before nations. So surely you will summon nations you know not. A nation you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. For he has endowed you with what? With splendor, with favor. Her name is called favor tonight. We find favor before any nation. In the, before this nation we shall find favor. Because we are here, we will find favor. 
And how, what, what happened to us when we find, when we, when we, uh, for us to be able to be endowed with the splendor and the favor of God? We must seek Him. We must seek Him where, while He may be found. We must call on Him while He's near. God is near at all times. Let the wicked forsake their wicked ways. You know, I said that to us. We cannot be sinning and expecting grace to abound in our lives. So the wicked, and that's Psalm 145, he said, but the wicked we will we destroy. He said, call on him and while, while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways. Take away every wickedness from me, O God. Not by mouth, but let's be releasing for our wickedness in our life. And the unrighteous, their thoughts. You know, I, I, I minister to you, maybe those, those of us that come from New Cross, the heart of man is cunning. I mean, it makes us to live on righteous land. The psalmist was crying, Lord, help me. Help me from these people. May our heart not be cunning in Jesus' name. Say, so let them turn to, to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. As heavens are high, as the man of God preached so much of this, that I know that you will be understanding tonight. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it to him, why? Without watering the earth, and make it bird and flourish, so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth, for it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountain and the hills will burst into song. It's only when we fulfill all this covenant of righteousness and covenant of peace that we cannot go to speak to mountains, people that their heart is dead like brick. Then the word of God will melt through them because we are reflecting the jewels that God has used to decorate our lives. Amen. Amen. So the mountain and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. God will give you ease in the area of ministering about him or talking about him. Instead of the thorn bush, instead of the thorn bush, we grow the jumper, uh, juniper. Amen. Juniper is one of the great trees that benefits man. And instead of prayers, the middle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. May God bless the reading of His holy word. That 55 is. This is my note. The invitation in this passage is extended to everyone. Not only as we have read it, it's extended to everyone. As long as we are under the covenant of peace, under his right, living a righteous life, this invitation to abundant life is also for us. He said the invitation in this passage is extended to everyone. This is issued by the Lord himself. <laughs> you know, there is something I like about the word of God. When God speaks... He honors his word. And he brings it to pass. This invitation that is inviting. I'm born again. It's not for me, no. You are born again, but I see wickedness in you. You are born again. You are still unfaithful. You are born again, but you are just living your life as you please. 
you are not under the covenant of peace of God, tonight if you can restore yourself back to his covenant of peace, then things you are, we are, we are under this invitation. Say the invitation is to everyone. Say this call is issued by the Lord himself to anyone that is thirsty to come to the waters. Jesus is the living water. Hallelujah. He said to the woman, he said, I have delivered. Anyone that tastes of me will never be put to shame. We will taste of Jesus tonight. And anyone who has no money to come and buy and eat, water is basic necessity of life, which God offers free of charge. He also extended his invitation to those who have no money. You cannot buy Holy Spirit, but God is giving to, you, to us free of charge. You cannot buy the grace of God, but it's given to us free of charge. You cannot buy the compassion of God, it's given it to us free of charge. You cannot buy the peace of God, it's given it to us free of charge. Say so the Lord freely offers everything necessary to give his people abundant life. Jesus came so that we might have abundant life. Or life to the fullest. But the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. John 10, 10. God's salvation is freely offered to us with cost, without cost. God's salvation is freely offered to us without cost. That's why I said, come to me and I will give you life. Unlike the food we buy that lasts for a while, after meeting our physical needs, we pull it out like that, just go away. Then we are thinking of going to do another grocery. But God offers us a better thing that feeds our soul. We get this by coming to him when he calls. Verse 1. By listening to him. Verse 2. You can see that in verse 2. Because he said, come when you look at those verses because I was able to express it in my notes here. Verse 1 says, come, you are thirsty. Come to the water. Come and buy, uh, come and, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money. Without cost. Verse 2. Why spend money on what is not bread? Or your labor, what does not satisfy? Listen. That's verse 2 there. I was able to mark it out in my note here. God, we get this by coming to him when he calls us. That's number one, come. If we are thirsty, we go to him. And verse 2, we must listen to him. And 3 to 6, he said, we should seek and call on him. Verses 3 to 6. We advise to call on him while he is near. God is near always, nearer to us always. It is therefore good to seek him and not delay until it is too late. As we seek him, the wicked must forsake their wicked ways. And the unrighteous, their thoughts. Wicked ways. And the unrighteous, their thoughts, and turn to God. Then he will have mercy. And freely pardon us. We need to seek God while he may be found. His thoughts or plans are not God's. His thoughts or plans are not God's way. His ways are higher and better than ours. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so is God's ways higher than our ways. 
and his thoughts than our thoughts. God remained faithful to his word. His word restored life to his people as the rain comes down from heaven to bring new life to the earth. Or as the rain comes down from heaven to accomplish his purpose on earth. That is, bringing a time of refreshing to mankind. We have all seen our grasses now. They are so brown. Some of our, because we don't have enough, if you don't have time to, to water your garden, everything will just look dry. But God promised us a time of refreshing. He's not saying that his thought, his, his thought for us is great. Just to decorate our lives with great things. He has mentioned it there. And bring a t- time of refreshing to us. When we are refreshed, then we can go out with joy. When we are under his uh, covenant of peace, then we can be led out in peace. It's only people that are under that covenant of peace that can be led out in peace. Then the mountain and the hills, that is the hindrances and the barriers. These are the mountains and the hills. When we are under his covenant of peace, we'll be led led out in peace. We go out with joy. Then there is no hindrance or barriers that can break forth before us, that can delay us. But when all these things are no more there because we're under his covenant of peace, then we can break forth into singing. Then the trees shall clap their hands. Those things that have represented the tree, that shall be a time of refreshing. That is what he's talking about. When the, how does the tree clap your hands? One day I was asking God. Do you know that when it's about to rain and you have this, you know, this afternoon it, it was like that. Everywhere was so hot. But there is a breeze that was blowing. I have trees in my garden. And it's like the trees too, they, and they're part of the refreshing. Amen? And we're saying, Lord, let it rain so that this garden can be watered. You know, sometimes you don't have, sometimes people don't have anything to bother about. It has to rain in our lives. As you say it physically, as I was talking, Lord, let it rain. So that these trees can be watered. So that this garden can be watered. As I'm praying that. This, we are the garden of God. Hallelujah. We are the ones that it has to rain in our lives. We have to be full of the water of life. That's the time when the trees begin to clap their hands. They, they bring refreshing because the breeze of the Holy Ghost is blowing it. He said, great release for those Jesus died for. And then we can do great evangelism. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy words. May we clap our hands. Maybe, you know, what, I, what I wanted to say anyway, hallelujah, amen. May the trees clap their hands on our behalf. So that there will be a time of refreshing. You know, when I read this scripture, I say, yes, trees clapping their hands. Yes, but they do clap their hands. When the wind is blowing them, and they go, you know, they come, you'll be refreshed. So may the trees clap their hands on our behalf. In the name of Jesus. I, I prophesy a time of refreshing. It's here now. In Jesus' name. I rest my case tonight. And when next we shall meet, we discuss 55. And if God is leading us to 54, then we go straight to 56 and uh, 57. Because we'll be doing it fast, fast, fast. So if we cannot go, we just do what we can. Do you understand? 
But I want us to read ahead so that when I'm teaching, then a lot of the things will be released. In Jesus' name. I pray for greater understanding. As we leave this place tonight, the Lord Almighty will explain it to us. Jesus is the river of life. And when you are the river of life to flow through you, there will be a time of refreshing. In Jesus' name. I pray that his covenant of peace will manifest upon our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.